Behind the Brand features the people who are making things happen. Get the insight to grow your biz from experts who've done it. Get Behind the Brand. This episode is brought to you by Veridesk. Veridesk makes office furniture simple. Seriously. Everyone probably knows their height adjustable stand-up desk. I use it every day in my video production business. It was really the first step to create a happier, healthier me because I was sitting all the time, losing circulation, and standing up just feels a lot healthier. Today, Veridesk has a full line of furniture and accessories for the office or the classroom, and they make it easy to order, assemble, and change around as you need it. You really gotta check them out. Just go to veridesk.com forward slash behind the brand and take a look. My heart floats like a flower. I am sick of spirituality being airy-fairy, hippy-dippy, and precious. I want to have a debate about life's big questions. Soul Pancake. Hi, I'm Brian Elliott. Welcome to another edition of Behind the Brand. Today I'm here with actor Rain Wilson, co-founder of soulpancake.com. Rain, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Rain, it's typical that I ask my guests, how did you get this job? <laughs> I created this job for myself. I had an other job. I had an entirely different job playing a crazy dork on a TV show. And, uh, and then um, kind of made this opportunity for myself. Uh, I, I saw a great opportunity uh, to create something unique and vital and interesting uh, on the web, something that I was passionate about, and that's how Soul Pancake was born. So for those who have not been to the site yet, what is it about? What's the point? It's a social networking site. It's a meeting place for people interested in discussing life's big questions and having conversations about them. Life's big questions like what? Um, is there a God? Do we have a soul? Um, do we have free will? Um, what happens when we die? There are questions of spirituality, uh, philosophy, but there are also questions of uh, something that I'm really interested in, in creativity, uh, being an artist. Where does art come from? How does personal expression work? Uh, what makes us human beings? Those are the kind of questions and conversations that people engage on uh, every day on Soul Pancake. And who are the types of people that visit the site? Are they you know, the young people? Are they older people? Um... Where do they come Geriatrics, from? Geriatrics, yeah. pretty much, yeah. Really <laughs> it's a magnet. in the old age homes, yeah. No, it's, we have the craziest melange of people. They're mostly young folks um, all over the world. Uh, a lot of people in England and Australia, um, India, Russia, other places, um, and a lot of young Americans uh, as well. And um, the, the great thing about Soul Pancake is that it's people of every different stripe. I mean, we have, we have, Plenty of atheists, agnostics are most people. We've got born-again Christians, Mormons. Uh, I'm a member of the Baha'i faith. We have Baha'is, there's Buddhists. And, and everyone is there to have these conversations. And they're having them in a, very, in a very civil way. It's a much deeper, kind of richer interaction with the questions. I was going to ask, because typically if you go to a website and you look at the comments or the, or the thread, it's just, you know, it's a cluster. <laughs> there's yeah. people saying, but this, there's meaningful conversation happening then. There is. There's meaningful conversation, people digging deep, and it's not just kind of naysayers and negative people. There's not trolls. Uh, there are people that are really interested. I mean, there's some windbags, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there's definitely there's people interested in, in exploring this stuff. And that's why I wanted to create it is I wanted to create a website that I would have loved when I was in my early 20s. 
um, I was really interested in experimental theater and in art and what makes artists work and, and studying the works of the great artists, whether it's painters or poets or writers or filmmakers or yeah. musicians. Um, and I would have loved a place like Soul Pancake. Uh, I loved philosophy. I was going to be a philosophy major in college. But, you know, I went to college and took, started taking philosophy classes, and they were so boring and dry. I was like, this, is, this has no correlation to real life. Although the Republic, I mean, you can't... You can't argue with the re Republic. No. Great stuff. But, you know, even the, there's plenty of philosophy teachers that make the Republic seem really boring and dry and, and, and uninteresting. Are you originally from Seattle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when did you come out here to SoCal? I was in New York for years after I left Seattle, and I went to acting school there, and I did theater there for years, a lot of, like, crazy experimental downtown theater and Shakespeare and bizarre stuff. So you're and a true thespian. I am a true thespian. Excellent. I am indeed, yeah. And then I came out here about uh, 12 years ago to L.A. to try and get into TV and film. And it's worked out for you, kind of. It's worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So Soul Pancake, when did you launch it? That's an excellent question. What year is this? I would say it was about two, two and a half years ago. Okay. But the, but the site's been uh, morphing and evolving ever since we launched it. So tell us like where it started and tell us maybe where it's at now. Give us kind of a status report. Um, like when you launched it, what were your expectations compared to like where it's evolved now? It started as, uh, as, as, the, as the, the, the worst idea known to man. We, we didn't quite know exactly what it was. So... We had a spatula-fist contest where you would hold a spatula above your head like this, and you would send in a picture of yourself holding up a spatula. I it like was, it. It was preposterous. It was <laughs> such a waste of time. It was so stupid. We just did that to get the ball rolling because we just wanted to get the site up. But um, at first, we thought that we were going to be a content site. You know, two or three years ago, I mean, this was pre, you know, Twitter, really. I mean, I think it had just launched, but it, was, it didn't really have any traction, and Facebook wasn't as big as it was. Yeah. And um, we really were thinking that we were going to provide content and people were going to interact with it. So we were going to do articles, we were going to do interviews, we were going to do contests, and we were going to provide um, creative challenges and activities for people to do, you know, write poetry or take pictures or, sure. or something like that. But we thought that we would be uh, doing this content. And... Um, and then we had this other section on the side that we knew could be more interactive for, okay. for users. And we weren't quite sure how to use that. And then at the very last minute, literally the week before we were going to launch, that's when we came up with the idea of this thing we call the Question Collective, where anyone can post their life's big question. You can do it through video or through a link or, uh, or just, just text or however, a photograph, however you want to do it. And people from all over the world will start to engage with you and answer your life's big question. Cool. And immediately, that's what took off about the site and all the content stuff that we were providing, people didn't really pay much attention to. That's interesting. I mean, uh, sites or platforms like Quora have gotten really hot, mm -hmm. um, kind of on the, on the same premise, you know, asking questions, getting questions answered. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there's anything quite like what you've done with Soul Pancake. It's really unique. Thank you. It is. We'll see um, if it lasts. I mean, the, the thing that we quickly realized with soulpancake.com is like, wait a minute here. We really, what we have is a brand. We want to reinvigorate the way people talk about life's big questions, about philosophy and spirituality. Mm -hmm. Those have gotten so dry. And, and in terms of spirituality, it's just so just banal and sentimental and, and gooey. And, or else it's like born again 
kind of really uh, fundamentalist kind of religion yeah. that turns people off. But people are just genuinely turned off by any kind of discussion of anything having to do. You want to clear a room, you just bring up God and you'll clear a room like that. Yeah. No one wants to talk about that stuff. So I was like, well, let's create a place where people can talk about that stuff and make it kind of hip and cool and fun. Yeah. The site is real playful. I mean, it's fun and yeah. it's, you know, it seems, I don't know. We wanted it to, cool place. to be, to feel uh, irreverent and, and fun at the same time. And, uh, but we realized it was a brand more than just a website. And the website is going great gangbusters and, and it's doing really well. Give us but, an idea of the traffic. What kind of traffic are you guys getting? Um, I think we get, uh, I think we get a million page views a month, I think. It's Something decent. Like yeah. yeah. So it's, um, it's doing pretty well. And uh, it's, you know, um, there's a lot to talk about. But what I was saying was that we realized that it's a brand. That was, we want Soul Pancake to be the brand. Like, if you want to talk about life's big questions, art, philosophy, spirituality, being a human being, Anything, stuff that's, that's fun and fresh, but with some depth, that's what we want people to think right. about a soul pancake. And so we've been doing these short pieces for the Oprah Winfrey Network. Now it looks like we're going to be doing a pilot with them, perhaps. Nice. Um, and we have a new, one of these YouTube deals. So we're going to be launching a YouTube channel based on soul pancake and be much more on the on the production content. So this is like one of YouTube's premium channel thing. That yeah. kind of oh, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. So it's become a platform and uh, something that you can expand out and do other things. Yes. So a lot of people who are watching this show, you know, they're they have startups, they're entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. they're other business peeps trying to put the puzzle together. What advice would you give them? Uh, particularly, you know, look at Soul Pancake from its inception. Like, how did you define success? Like, you know, were you willing to quit? You know, if it, if it just fell flat or were you just, did you just want to put it out there for the long haul? Mm -hmm. Like, talk to us about that and maybe how your mind changed about it, even like the model. Well, you know, so Pancake is a little bit different. I think that, you know, I've met a lot of designers and web startup people, and it was just at South by Southwest Interactive and talking to a lot of people. And there's pretty much one thing that's on everyone's mind. They want to make money. They want to monetize. They want to cash in. They want to be the next Twitter. They want to figure out the next cool interactive app that they can get, you know, 100 million subscribers and, and take off. And that's fine, you know what I mean? But everyone is out there trying to do that. And one thing that we wanted to do with Soul Pancake, I was like, from the beginning, it's like, look, I could have made a lot more money and been a lot more successful with the site and with the brand doing comedy or, you know, doing another kind of funny or die or, or something like that. Because that's really my world that I inhabit as an actor. Yeah. But this is a passion project and this is a passion that I have. Right. And, but it is opening a lot of doors and it is, we kind of have a, a niche and, uh, and that's pretty exciting. And I would say that, you know, um, the old uh, Joseph Campbell quote of, you know, when he was a college mythology teacher and he did a, a series of books and of, um, for people who don't know it, a, a great uh, series of interviews with Bill Moyers. And he would always say to the college students that would come to him and they would say, what should I do with my life? And he would say, follow your bliss. And that is, you know, it's kind of become a little bit of a cliche, but I would say that on the web, it's still possible to follow your bliss. Like what, it, what is it that you want to see? What do you want to most have happen? I mean, when you read about how these things were started, it really kind of, how the great things that happen on the web started, they really came out of that. They didn't come out of a, a focus group of like, here's how we're gonna make money. They just came out of like, 
I want to view this kind of content and there's no place for me to post videos of my kid and dogs fetching sticks, so I'm going to create YouTube. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to be able to share and interact over, over videos. I want to share my videos and broadcast myself. And that's how, that's how it, it came to be. So I think you, can, you need to go a little bit deeper than like, how can we make money? Because there are right now literally 68,000 really brilliant people out there going, how can we make money off of the internet? Yeah. And um, if you can follow your passion on the internet and fill a need, you'll eventually make money and, uh, and you'll be successful. And, but more importantly, you'll be fulfilled. And you have a community. I mean, it's, it's a true grass, seems like a groundswell, grass movement, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. uh, and anytime you've got an audience, there's always someone that maybe wants to reach that audience or there's things that you can do. Sure. I'm a firm believer in one times one does not multiply. You know, I cannot do very much myself, but mm -hmm. one times a hundred, one times a thousand, one times a million. I mean, then, then you got something, right? Right. People working right. together, whether it's causal or whether it's financial or whatever it is, mm -hmm. the power of people is, I mean, there's really no limits. We wanted to bring people together in a positive way. And, you know, the website is like our platform. And then all of these other things. We have a best-selling book. It was a New York Times bestseller. Um, there are meetups happening. There's even a woman in Massachusetts who's using Soul Pancake uh, as a teaching tool in the schools. So she's going in with elementary school kids and having them do artistic creative challenges and debating life's big questions. And then the stuff with Oprah Winfrey and the, and the, and the YouTube uh, channel that, uh, you know, it really is like, is like a tree and we'll see what takes off and we have to be open to see like one thing you know the the own stuff may fall flat and the youtube thing may take off or maybe a series of books that take off or maybe it becomes an educational initiative yeah. or maybe it's the website or who knows what it is but we have to um we just it's we just want to keep building community i i don't want to um go past what you're saying, because I want to unpack that, unpack that just a little bit, because I think it's really important what you're saying. It may be subtle. People might be missing it. But, but what you've said essentially is, um, you know, as uh, when you have a brand or you have a product or a service, you start a company, I think the inclination is to, you know, want to have full control over it. Mm -hmm. But it, what you've done is the secret sauce. I mean, you've basically given it back, given the power back to the people. Mm -hmm. And you're letting them decide what they should do with it. And all these amazing iterations and different uh, things, uses that you maybe not couldn't have conceived mm -hmm. are now coming about and fulfilling your mission. I mean, it's, it's still doing what you want to do. It just uh, is being put in the power of uh, the other people. I think about that in terms of Twitter a lot because I, I joined Twitter pretty early, relatively early, and I, my Twitter feed really took off. And I really started it just to promote Soul Pancake at the beginning. I had no interest in it. And then it kind of became this whole thing yeah. in and of itself. And I think when they started Twitter, they were thinking like, hey, here's a cool way for friends to keep in touch. And like say, hey, I'm having a coffee. Where are you at? And like, yeah. you know, and kind of like f friends following friends. And I think what happened on Twitter right away was <clears throat> as soon as some celebrities started coming on, comedians and stuff like that, people came to follow celebrities and to get... Um, uh, get jokes on Twitter, and that kind of brought people because they would just they would follow the comedians and get jokes. And then more and more different kinds of celebrities came, and then they wanted updates from all different kinds of celebrities, and it kept growing because it really became about like, you know, what's Terrell Owens going to tweet about, or what's you know, 
Kim Kardashian going to tweet about or what kind of celebrity train wreck is going to happen. Yeah. And then, you know, with the Iranian revolution and in Libya, and I just read today that there was a coup in Mali. The army took over Mali, killed the president and took over the royal palace. And they set out an official tweet of the coup. <laughs> to announce it, yeah. To announce it. So now it's shifting to kind of this world news unfolding like a, yeah. like an amoeba of news. But what they did is they created a platform where uh, it could do that. It wasn't so rigid that they're like, this is our idea and we are creating an app where you scan it and then you will find bargains at a store near you. And mm -hmm. when you meet up with people at an airport, you will exchange. Um, and that, you know, you have this... It, it has enough um, gooeyness to be able to be malleable and, and adapt. It is amazing. It's the now web. And a lot of people say, you know, news doesn't break anymore. It tweets. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, even thinking back to uh, that airplane that crashed in the Hudson and, yeah. you know, uh, the Japanese journalist that was kidnapped in the Middle East and, you know, tweeted from the phone, tricked his captor and said, you know, I'm, I'm being held captive. He tweeted that out. Um, we're finding amazing uses, whether mm -hmm. it's uh, early warning for earthquakes or tsunamis or or getting access to your favorite athlete or celebrity. It's, it's yeah. pretty cool stuff. Yeah. How has it changed your life? I mean, do you feel, uh, do you let your fans have access to you? Like, uh, do you share personal thoughts and feelings or yeah. is it? Uh, sure. People, uh, that was another reason that I was interested in Twitter right away was I wanted uh people to be able to get to know me different than Dwight. They just know me as my character. And then, you know, I'd even walk down the street and people would be like, Dwight, yo, hey, Dwight, yeah. it's Dwight. Hey, look, it's Dwight. And they didn't know me as an actor named Rain Wilson who has this life and is this kind of different kind of weirdo other than the character Dwight. And so this was a, a way for people to just kind of get to know me. And, I love the um, Galaxy Quest, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for remembering. Um, my first job in L.A., actually. Was it? Yeah. But... Um, so that's been very successful for people to get to know me. And now it's this double-edged sword because now I am very well known for my online presence, for my Twitter feed, yeah. and for Soul Pancake, and for various ventures that I am starting, uh, almost as well known as I am as an actor. Yeah. And you know, I started to be an artist, and I have to be careful because I, I want to be an artist more than I want to be a mogul. Right. But I'm kind of going down this mogul path of, you know, producing more and more and having a production company and, uh, and Soul Pancake taking off. So it's, for me, it's kind of a personal challenge. Yeah, and I think the celebrities or the personalities um, that really get it, they are blurring the lines between, you know, traditional entertainment, media channels, mm -hmm. and digital. It's all becoming such a blurred line. Jimmy Fallon comes to mind, for example. You know, he's huge on Twitter. And mm -hmm. uh, and it's not just Twitter. I mean, it's it's Facebook. It's YouTube. It's whatever. Uh, it's really not about the tools. I mean, those are going to change, obviously. Well, actors, um, what you become when you become a television celebrity is you become a brand, you know? And people know me for a certain kind of off-the-wall, quirky humor. Uh, it resonates a lot, especially with the young audiences of The Office as a very kind of young audience base. Some yeah. comedies have, you know, the average age of the viewer is like 50-something years old. Our average age is like 27 years old. And uh, so they, I have to be very conscious of like, what what is this Rain Wilson brand? Yeah, I mean, what are you putting out there? I don't want to take myself too seriously because yeah. that's not me. You know, I can't do that. Are you naturally funny all the time? Do you, do you want to be? 
No, I'm not. I'm not funny all the time, but I'm, I'm, I'm myself all the time, and uh, and that's mostly my journey to become more and more deeply uh, filled with integrity and closer to who I really am, and allowing who I really am to come out. Yeah. And it's all these things. I can be very, very serious. I can be very, very goofy, and sometimes both at the same time. Yeah, and I was pleasantly surprised when I was doing my research and look, looking, doing a deep dive into Soul Pancake, how truly spiritual and thoughtful and philosophical you are. Um, to me, that really rounded you out as a person. Uh, mm. My, you know, a couple of my perceptions from some of my favorite movies and shows, uh, a little bit different seeing the human side of you. So I thought that was mm -hmm. nice. Let's talk about failure. So there's this huge stigma attached to failure. Um, a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but the reality is that you really can't have success without failure. They go hand in hand. From the perspective of you know hindsight's twenty twenty, talk to us and maybe share some of your experiences with some of the people that might be watching that might want to know what have you had to go through to get to where you are now? Because I, I'm sure people watching, um, especially people who may be starting over or starting for the first time, they're struggling. You know, they're constant rejection or what they're doing is not working or you know they're they're just not making it happen. Mm -hmm. um, share some of some of that, if you've had any, what's what are some of your failures or some of the do-overs you you wish you had? I haven't had any. Thanks so much. So long. <laughs> My road has been littered with failures uh, all all along. I you know I got out of acting school, and um, I couldn't get an agent. And my first job uh, as an actor was touring for a year and a half on a bus and truck Shakespeare uh, show playing the nurse's assistant in Romeo and Juliet. Um, so, and I had no agent and, you know, I started at the very, very, very bottom. I believed in myself and I knew that I needed to act and I knew that I was good. I knew that I needed to get better and I always kept my goal as to, to just become a better and better actor. My goal was never to become famous. My goal was to become a working actor so I didn't have to wait tables uh, and do catering and drive a moving van. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that to do that, I needed to be better and better. So I was always taking workshops, doing readings, uh, getting groups of friends together and putting on plays and um, shooting short films and just honing my, my skills as I kept auditioning. And I just started at the very, very bottom and then got some little jobs in town and got a little bit better agent and then a, you know, a little bit better jobs and then my first like TV gig and then another little bit better agent and just, I started at, my wife calls it like the Amway Pyramid. Like I started at the very bottom, <laughs> yeah. like climbing my way up, uh, my way up to the top. But I've had some um, extraordinary uh, failures. I had a huge break. This director I'd worked with several times cast me as a lead in a Broadway play. And it was a uh, restoration comedy. It was a period comedy from just after Shakespeare. And um, I was so certain this was going to be my break. I was going to be front page in the New York Times. I was going to get great reviews. This was going to be awesome. I was going to be discovered. I was going to get a great agent. Everything was going to happen for me because of this. Yeah. And I was so nervous that I sucked. I mean, I really was bad in this play. It's called London Assurance. You can look it up, look for the online reviews. They're pretty terrible. And um, I was really, really bad. And I really bombed. And- um, How'd you deal with it? 
uh, I I cried a lot. I, I was devastated. It was it was tor every time I did the show, it was torture. I I, I felt like I wasn't in my body. I, it was the weirdest thing. Like yeah. everything, I had been so good as an actor before, but um, and it's because you felt everything was riding on that. Yeah, that was just so much pressure. Which yeah. as an actor, you need to feel zero pressure. You need to just be your character and be in the moment and be listening and breathing and, and reacting. And and I couldn't do any of that stuff. And uh, I almost had a nervous breakdown. I mean, it was crazy. And and from that, my agents at the time didn't come see the show, so I fired them. And I got these terrible reviews. And then I I left town. I went to this cabin in Oregon with my wife and just holed up for a while. And and um, and then I just kind of like I I kind of it kind of broke through a bunch of stuff for me. And I saw the world a lot more clearly. And I was kind of like. Fuck it, I have to be me. This is who I am. I'm not going to try and be something else and go for these reviews and agents and this kind of path. Like I have to be myself and I'm going to follow my own path and then not long after that I, you know, I did started getting into film and TV and came out to LA and things just started opening up for me. So what what was the worst experience of my life ended up being the most transformative mm -hmm. best experience of my life. Did you ever have those feelings of resentment? You know, some people might feel you know, the people who are not with me through my struggles are not going to be with me through my successes. Do you, do you ever have to deal with any of that? Oh, sure. Yeah, resentment's a big one. That um, You hold a grudge? Um, I absolutely do. And then it's my obligation to really let that go. Yeah. Because someone said, um, I think it was um, uh, Carrie Fisher, but I, she might have been quoting it from someone else. Resentment is the poison that you drink waiting for someone else to die. So you're drinking this just vile poison and yeah. going like, oh, that guy, and you're like, oh. It eats away at you, yeah. and it holds you back. You it know? does. Um, I have a lot of resentment at like New York Theater where I spent 10 years working, and no one really believed in me there, and casting agents, and they never get a shot. I never got to audition for you know, Lincoln Center or Manhattan Theater Club or all these theaters that I really wanted to work at. And that was my whole reason of coming out to L.A. is like, Oh, you're giving all the lead parts to the TV actors. I'm going to go get on a sitcom, and then I can go back to L.A., to New York, and I can have any part I want. But, you know, everyone's just being human and making their best decisions that they can make in the moment. And, yeah. you know, we have, to, we have to just have an open, forgiving heart to, to everyone on our journey. Well, success is the best revenge, too. If you have a vengeful heart, you know, and... You have to be careful with that because... That is a different kind of poison that you can drink, and that's the poison of narcissism of like, ha-ha, see, I've gotcha. made it, and I got you, and I'm going to get back at you because I'm... So it's still... It's a one-up or one-down position. It's yeah. like you're still putting yourself above other people, like, oh, I'm successful, and ha-ha-ha, look at me now. Yeah. And that's a very dangerous thing because then you've got to try and maintain that, and then you go down and you feel terrible about yourself, and everyone else looks good, and then you try and puff yourself back up. It's a very false sense of yourself yeah it's it's a game i mean mm -hmm. either way you look at it it's a game and it's it's not worth playing yeah so let's talk about how, how do you want to be seen you know probably people meet you on the street um they automatically probably want to they feel like they know you through your character or characters that you played how do how do you want people to see you um uh that's an interesting question i've never been asked that before i i feel like i don't uh, really care because how people are going to see me how they're going to see me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not in my control. 
The only thing that is in my control is who I am and what I believe in and where I put my passion and, and my work. First and foremost, look, I'm an actor. I just want to be an actor. I want to have cool parts. Uh, I want to do cool shit, yeah. acting. So uh, there's that. And, you know, and I, want, and I want to do these other things. I want to do cool things like Soul Pancake and um, have other side projects and stuff like that. And people are going to think that I'm an idiot or people are going to think that I'm a weirdo or people are going to think that I'm not funny or... I mean, you can go online as an actor and read comments about yourself and you can drive yourself crazy. I mean, it's yeah. hysterical. It's not worth it. Um, it it's not worth it. And I, it, really stopped, it used to really bother me. When I remember one of, my, one of my first TV guest spots I got was on Charmed and I played the demon alchemist Kierkan. It was just terrible. It was just the worst part ever written. And I, but it was, again, it was a high pressure for me. I felt like, oh, I've got to do really good. It's a big the lead guest part on this show, and it was very popular at the time and yeah. stuff like that. And then I did it, and, and I, I, I was not really good on it. In fact, I was terrible in that. But I searched the online comments, and there was this big Charmed fan, some girl, that uh, hated me and everything <laughs> that I did. And she went on every TV. I got, it was like pre-Google alerts, but I looked through the Google pages to see what people were saying. Rain yeah. Wilson, Charmed, to see about me, my performance. And this girl on every, like, television without pity and on the Charmed websites and the, all the different websites, she was like, and she nicknamed me Piggy. She's like, he looks like a pig. He's got a fat face and a round, <laughs> little round nose. He's a piggy. She had and your like, number. And she started talking about Piggy this and Piggy that. And it's like, there's, you know, God bless her. I hope that she finds eternal uh, great happiness and fulfillment and it's none of my business looking online about what people are saying about me I just need to try and do the best job possible you know the irony too is that a lot of people will project how they feel about themselves onto other people so that may ah, be about interesting that may be how she felt about herself yeah interesting yeah. right misery yeah. loves company and all that stuff yeah could be very good uh, I know you've been traveling abroad too. You, you know, mm -hmm. you're very vocal and public about your trips, um, like to Haiti and different places. Mm -hmm. why, why do you do that? Talk to us about what's what you're doing there and why that's important to you. Well, you know, in this journey to kind of it's a soul pancake journey uh, for me to find myself, uh, not find myself, for me to fulfill myself, to become the best me that I can be. It involves a lot of different things, and one of them is. Uh, helping people that are less fortunate and trying to figure out how to use your skills to help people. I mean, everyone has, you don't have to have a lot of money. Everyone can, everyone has some kind of skill that they can put to use right. towards making the world a better place. So is it about getting a different worldview? I mean, there's a lot of people here locally, probably within a stone's throw here that they need help, but is it, is it something special about traveling to another country and getting a different worldview or perspective? Well, that's an interesting point that you brought up right there because I do get that a lot like I get it in, on Twitter let's say and I'll say like oh I'm going to Haiti to do some teach yeah. some workshops or you know help build a school or whatever and people will be like why are you going to Haiti there's plenty of people right near your home that need help I mean why don't you just go help people in your own town right and I, I, I love that question because it's such an absurd question because the world is my home uh, you know we're in Agora Hills, California. Like, I don't need to help people in Agora Hill. What does that mean? Does it need to be in L.A. County or it can be L.A. and Ventura County or you can only help people in Southern California or it has to be California or, oh, it has to be the Western United States or it has to be the United States, but it yeah. can't be Mexico and it can't be Canada. Okay, <laughs> it can be North America. Like, how do you divide yeah. 
where people need help. You go somewhere, people need help. They need schools in Haiti and they need education and it's something I really believe in and want to help raise money for and so I'm going there. Maybe I'll go, you know, some some other neighborhood later on. So I think that that's a journey that um, that's a discussion that will no longer be happening 10 years from now. 10 years from now, kids will just see themselves as world citizens, plain and simple. It doesn't matter that I my through an accident of genes, like my consciousness went bloop in Seattle, Washington, and I, became, I was named Rain Wilson, and I was this big, fat, weird-looking baby in Seattle going, ah. You know, I could have just been born in Swaziland or Nepal or, you know, or Japan. I mean, I just happened to be a big, white, fat baby, you know? And <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is what I am. So there's no, I have no clinging to, like, I'm American, goddammit. It's like... I'm a I'm a I'm a person. I'm a human being. You go where help's needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another function of what's happening with this digital revolution is it's breaking down barriers. It's not about, you know, country per country. It's about people. It's about the world. Yeah. Um and, and I think like never before, um the internet or platforms like Twitter and Facebook are mm-hmm. giving people a voice in places that they didn't have and also being a platform or a spotlight to point out places where certain groups of people need help or support where they otherwise couldn't get it. There's questions on Soul Pancake that are so intimate and vulnerable. uh, And that's when I really uh, feel really proud of what we've built. Um, Some teenager in Duluth, Minnesota, writing in, feeling suicidal and dealing with, you know, the you know, the the death of a parent and a grieving process and not being understood at school and having a series of life's big questions having to do with their own personal journey and getting really good feedback from people from all over the world and finding a finding a home and a place to belong and a, and a sense of connection. And that's a great service that Soul Pancake has provided people as well. Rain, what is the hardest thing you've ever done? Or give me a, a, what are some of the most difficult things you've had to do in your life? The hardest thing I've ever had to do, that's a great question. Um, the hardest thing I ever had to do was um, make money in New York City when I was dirt broke. And I did all these terrible jobs. I was a dog walker. Um, I had my own man with a van kind of moving ser- service, hauling futons up fourth floor walk up apartment buildings at, you know, when it's 106 degrees out on the Lower East Side. Uh, and then going to a catering gig or waiting tables or you know doing anything I needed to do to get to get by. I think that's that's kind of the hardest uh, I've ever done. But I but I'm that I'm I'm grateful for those experiences because um, you know I know I know I had to I had to work to make rent you know and uh, you know but that's 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 tough you know multiple jobs trying to make ends meet. That's really I mean there's a lot of hard things I've done as an actor. You know, talk shows are hard to do. Saturday Night Live, hosting Saturday Night Live is hard to do and stuff like that. But they're not as hard as as uh, trying to make the next month's rent by hauling boxes of books up staircases. And you're a father. I am. You uh, you talk about your son. Uh, uh, you tweet about him. You talk mm-hmm. about him on Facebook. Um, how you know? I think a lot of people watching this are also trying to figure out that whole work-life balance thing. Mm-hmm. You have any tips or advice about? Um, fatherhood or or work-life balance? Yeah, I think that this goes back to this discussion and kind of what we've been talking about from the very beginning, which is 
uh, integrity. And you look at the word, the, the root word of integrity, and it's, it's integral, you know. And in, that comes from also is the root word of integrated. And that's really what I want to be as an integrated human being. So all of these things that I believe in and that I do, uh, I have a spiritual life, I have my family life, I have my work, I have my hobbies, and I have Soul Pancake, I have all of these different things. And I really want them to not be compartmentalized, but to be all full expressions of who I am as a human being. And that way I will be able to be of maximum service to the world. So um, that's, I would say for you know, anyone watching about you know, trying to balance all of these different things, don't look at it as like, it's not juggling. You're not like, they always talk about it like I'm juggling home family and stuff like that. It's like, you have to like, swallow all those juggling balls and internalize them and say, I am all of these things. I can be all of these things. I can have a family. I can have friends. I can have a spiritual life. I can have an intellectual life. Um, I can have fun and hobbies. I can be irreverent and cool and weird and, uh, and have a great profession and, and make money. And I can, I can do, listen to me. I sound like Tony Robbins. I sound like a self-help guru. When did that happen? You're selling it. I'm buying it. All right. We've been spending a little time with Rain Wilson. Rain, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I hope you learned something. Really hope you have continued success with Soul Pancake. It's awesome. Love the idea. Love you. Great. Kudos to you. I love you too. Thanks. Good talking to you.